Welcome to the Food is Life podcast with me, Jambo, and me, Steph, and me, Ross. <laughs> okay, so this week we have got Ross on the podcast, but I'm actually going to hand the reins over to Steph. So take it away, Steph. Well, thank you, Jambo. It's very kind of you. So we have got Ross, who is our Food is Life personal trainer. So Ross, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us what you do for us why food is life is the best you know all that good stuff yeah all that good stuff so i am ross i am the food is life fitness instructor really and everything to do with exercise so i go from the lean bean course and the lean bean graduate course so you see me kind of all your way through your from the start and all the way through to your end finishing journey um in the food is life so the idea of everything exercise we do boot camps as well and anything science-based exercise i try to answer steph doesn't know anything about exercise <laughs> as you see through instagram and facebook social media stuff so yeah that's what i'm here for i try and bring a bit a bit of knowledge in regards to exercise cool thank you very much ross um so today what we are discussing is why exercise is important within your calorie deficit so we talk a lot about weight loss we talk a lot about nutrition but today we're going to be talking about the other part of the food is life equation, which is indeed exercise, hence why Ross is here. So what we're going to do is go through five reasons why exercising in a calorie deficit is a good idea. So hopefully between Ross, Jambo and myself, we can convince you that exercise is part of the overall lifestyle. Exactly that. Well, Steph will be an expert earlier, so I should know everything about this. So we're all good. <laughs> so Ross, what is the first reason exercise is important in a calorie deficit? Uh, retaining muscle mass is the is the first big one so especially if you are a weightlifter or you go running for example if you go purely into a calorie deficit and you don't keep exercising as anything even if you're not in a calorie deficit if you stop exercising you are going to start to lose muscle mass which is obviously quite detrimental to both exercise and health but the big reason we kind of speak about it is because the more muscle you have generally the more calories you burn that's basically it really is and it just helps you along the way uh, retaining muscle mass is so important. The more muscle you can keep or even better put on, then it's going to help you with that lessening of a calorie deficit. That's what we all struggle with when we're trying to lose weight. If you can reduce think, that from being 500 calories to 400 calories necessarily, then it makes your life easier along the way as well. Yeah, I think that's one of the big things that people don't think about when losing weight is, okay, when we get to our maintenance, how are we going to make sure we can eat more while still doing the same things that we're doing. And muscle is a very calorie expensive way of burning energy. So the more muscle you have, the more calories you'll burn, therefore, the more you can eat. Yeah, I think it's quite as simple as that, isn't it? You know, when you look at things like when you see like NFL players' diets and like strongman diets, they eat huge amounts of calories, up with like six, seven, eight thousand calories a day which is hard to even do, but that's just because they are so heavily muscleized, in my word of saying it, that they hashtag kind of science. have to, because that, hashtag science, um, and that's just how it works. So the more muscle you have, the more calories you burn, it really is as simple as it kind of gets. And why would you not want to help yourself out by exercising whilst in a calorie deficit to ensure that you don't, like we're saying, it might be from, you have a thousand calories a day to eat, but if you keep exercising, actually you're going to have, a thousand and fifty calories because you've got a little bit more muscle it's really small things like that but that might be if you take 50 calories a day over a week you know you're having a slice of cake at the end of the week instead of not having that slice of cake question is there a certain type of exercise that we should be doing to help maintain muscle mass or what's your thoughts yeah anything anything people you know depends on how 
particularly you want to delve into how much science you want to get into but anything you enjoy i say all the time you can tell me what's best for exercise but if you don't enjoy it you're not going to do it so any exercise you enjoy for example one of our team being grads at the moment i won't name names even though she's doing incredibly is running all the time and that's just going to help like irrelevant of the calories you burn during running that's just going to help massively for the leg muscle for the muscle around your your body for your breathing area so no i think any exercise is good as long as you enjoy it you're going to keep doing it so for example if i was decide to lift load of weights and i and i don't enjoy that i'm going to do that for two weeks and i'm going to give it up whereas i enjoy running at the moment so i've done that for nine months so there's a big old difference between what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy what I was going to chirp up and say, hi everyone. So a lot, a lot of people as well think that to exercise during on a, a calorie deficit or in calorie deficit, the best best form to burn as much calories as possible can be just cardio. So if you don't enjoy cardio, find something else that you do enjoy. And it could be weights. And it is, doesn't mean that doing weights is the best idea for it. And it's just about moving and being active in the calorie deficit as well. I completely agree with Jambis. If you don't enjoy it, you're never going to do it. Relevant what it is, even if that's just walking up your stairs and that's what you enjoy, or you simply like sitting on a sofa, standing up, sitting down, standing up, anything of anything will be better than something you don't enjoy. Yeah. I think like a, a lot of people think, need to go into the gym, get on the treadmill for half an hour because I'm going to sweat loads and that's going to all of a sudden equate to me burning more calories. I mean, I think it's just, it's almost that setting yourself up to fail a little bit. Just find something you enjoy doing and being active. Like, there's yeah. no no right or wrong answer. So the bit I would definitely say is that, you know, social media, as good as it is, it also breaks everything down for what people are trying to push. But for ages, how often do you hear you have to do a 20-minute hit when you're in your calorie deficit or you have to do, like you're saying, a half-an-hour run? It's, it's literally relevant of what you do. If mm-hmm. you're going to do it once and never do it again, like what are you really achieving doing it? So, you know, like I say, social media has its very huge benefits, but also has negatives of what gets pushed out there. And if someone of a big brand is saying what you should do and it's going to be that then if they've got an audience of 10 million people at least one person is going to pick up and say right i have to do 30 minutes running every day that's what i have to do because that's what the big brand is telling me sort of stuff so but like you say that's all to do with just understand that you should just enjoy it because that's what's going to make you exercise more cool so one question i do want to ask you guys later is on the whole sweat thing and exercise but before that ross i think we should move on to reason number two reason number two that the best one really maybe we could say especially right now is the endorphin side of it so people don't know of endorphins people just know them as like the happy drug you know the happy hormone that gets released when you exercise so i don't actually know what if it relates to intensity maybe i should know more, a bit more about that but i imagine the higher the intensity maybe the higher the release of the hormone or I expect over a longer duration so not, i think endorphins are huge especially like right now for example if you if you're going to if you're lucky to be able to go to work right now but like monday to friday for example you're just sat there saturday sunday like negative mindset goes that way but if you can manage to pick that a little bit by going for a run or like i'm saying if you go for a walk or go for a bike ride that's one way of kind of freshening up your mind and we everyone speaks about mental health right now but that's probably a great way of promoting a positive side of exercises that it can really help your mental health in that regard but you know even if it's not just that it might just be a de-stress it might just be you you just had if you've got three kids running around your house you can get half an hour of relaxing and getting away and getting some good endorphins as we say then that might be a way of does relaxing and kids go in the same sentence no that's what i mean if you can get away from them (laughs) run away from them that's the challenge i say i have no kids but you know (laughs) i've never ever met anyone who's done a half an hour workout an hour workout whatever it should be and afterwards gone oh my mental space is worse off 
than it was before. So like yeah. usually it helps clear your mind a little bit, get a bit of stress out. You know, how much better do you feel after going for a walk? If your mind's a bit boggled, you go for a half an hour walk and all of a sudden you can put the world to right again. So it's one of those that is the hardest thing is actually just doing it, especially if your mental state's a bit like, oh, tired, can't be bothered. You just get out or you get on the yoga mat, get on with it. Yeah, do something. That's yeah. what I mean, like when like I did it this Wednesday, for example, is in we finished work early, we finished like three o'clock and it was pouring down with rain. I just thought, I, I, I don't want to sit at home. So I went out for a run, don't get me wrong, it was pouring down, but I was like, well, I just don't need to be sat down for the next six hours of my life to then get up the next day and go, I may as well go out and... What do you think it was that actually made you go out though? Like was there, because so many people would find, oh, it's raining, oh, it's dark or it's cold. What was it? The end the goal that made just... you... The end goal is just I don't want to be sat down watching a screen for six hours. Mm. Like I do that enough anyway. Like right now, it's literally my life in normal times is pretty much every evening I'm doing a sporting activity of sort. Whereas now it's come home, sit down and watch TV for five actually, hours. Actually spends time with his girlfriend. Look at that. <laughs> no. That's why it's coming Poor. to an end. But <laughs> <Poor girl. laughs> Yeah, I think literally what you're saying is same for me the other day actually i always think like even when i can't be bothered half an hour will pass either way and half an hour on a sofa will pass really quickly and if you get out like you almost enjoy the rest of your two hours left of the evening or five hours left of the evening or whatever you have left if you get out and do it and it's done then afterwards i feel like you feel a lot more refreshed where it sort of weighs down on your mind like you're thinking oh i should have gone out i should have gone out so taking action you know do you know what? This is why I think this is really good that we've done this podcast because even us as fitness professionals, we struggle to find the motivation to do this stuff. But it's knowing that the end goal is going to be worth it and hopefully yeah. that inspires people to, even oh, yeah, on those down time. days. Yeah. I think without a motivational pull, should we say, I think it's, it's so difficult. For example, when I did my knee, whenever it was, a year ago or something, when I, only a little bit, I had a small surgery, but I, I was so motivated to go back in and use like these small weights that we had and use the small gym that was available to me. And I was in there Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday every week without fail because I was so motivated to kind of get back to be 100% in, in whatever case that kind of was. But if you ask me to do it now, like when I've not got, even like thinking, right, I want to drive the ball 10 yards further and go. Like, I, I don't have that right now. Couldn't care less. I, I'll just go back and I'll be doing what I do. But, you know, the motivation is so important. And it's obviously what we say all the time. It's the most difficult part probably of, of all of it. But Yeah, it's also having the reason why that we talk about both on the podcast and to our lean beans all the time is having that strong emotional connection to the reason why you want to do it. Why am I going to do this exercise session today? Either yeah. it's because I want to release some happy endorphins, if it's because I want to burn a few extra calories, whatever it is, knowing that why is important. But it's, it's easier yeah. said than done. Yeah, 100%. And we go back to like enjoying your exercise. You, you can't just do exercise in thinking that you can for a short period, but you won't for the next 20 years of your life think, oh, I'm going to burn 50 calories today. Yeah. That doesn't work. Like, it is as simple as that. It doesn't work. It does for the first two weeks that you're doing it. But when push comes to shove, like you say, when it's raining, for example, or when it's dark, you're not going to. You're not going to set up a yoga mat and do your inside hit session and you think I'm going to burn 30 calories. It's just mm. not how it goes, unfortunately. But in my experience, anyway, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong, but in my experience, that's, that's a pretty difficult way to motivate yourself. Mm. Ross, reason number three, what have we got? It's got part of your lifestyle. Maybe you want to speak a little bit about it, Steph, being part of your lifestyle exercise. 
Well, yeah, I think, thank you. That's passing the baton very quickly. I, it's not something I have to hesitate to think about because it's something that we preach all the time is, is nothing in isolation that's going to work for you long term. It has to be your diet, it has to be your exercise, it has to be your stress levels, your sleep, everything has to be under the umbrella of making it a lifestyle because if you're only thinking about, let's say, a quick fix, weight loss, juice diet, yeah, that's going to last for three, four weeks. And just the same as both Jamba and yourself talk about, if you're going to the gym or you're going out for a run seven days a week and then you get to week four and then you're like, nah, not doing this anymore. It's, yeah. it's not part of your lifestyle. It's releasing the happy endorphins, burning the extra calories like we've already spoken about and finding enjoyment in that to make it something that makes you a happier and healthier person altogether. Yeah, and I'll just add to that. So I will be catching up with her in a couple of weeks' time, actually, just seeing how she's got on. But one of our Lean being graduates did, did unbelievably well in January, lost a load of weight as well as basically just stepped up their exercise hugely. And... Uh, put out like some really tough goals to do in February just because she had a really good month in January I was like take like take a step back like, I know you're doing really well but like let's not let's not kill it like and, like exactly what you're saying don't do something that you're going to do really well for a month and that's it like, it was got, like the idea that we we're going to go from doing two hit sessions a week basically to nearly five and I was like that's just you're never gonna you're never gonna do it if you do do it just see that as a compliment rather than as a thing you're going to have to do each week like if you ended up doing five rather than three fantastic but then don't worry next week when you end up doing three again so it is a difficult part to weave into your lifestyle in that sense about kind of preaching too much but it's, it's about working out how it's actually going to work for you like if you like i said if you've got three kids you may not have the time to all of a sudden be doing five sessions a week one session a week might be your win but if you're 21 and single and not got anything to do maybe going to the gym six times a week is going to be your win and your way of making that part of your lifestyle and then your gyms your social like you say like both of you speak about your kind of gym group and that's a really social group and that's where you enjoy it so if you can make it part of your lifestyle in a positive way rather than seeing it as i have to do this in order to reach this goal then like i said unless you're very motivated and all which i don't think comes unless you're in a very strict sport environment i think that's going to be a bit of a challenge yeah i've got something to actually to add as well and i think with like the lifestyle change it doesn't necessarily have to be like massive and drastic but little things like it's going to sound really corny but going through a bit of a like a deficit at the moment and i'm quite active person so now all of a sudden I'll just park my car the far away space as possible when I go to Tesco and then I will make sure that I'll get out and go for an extra 20 minute walk and it does, it's not massive changes but there's I know that I'm having to change my my lifestyle so to speak as it was before and it's not drastic because I'm a health fit and healthy person but I'm just creating a, the new lifestyle all of a sudden I'm, I'm trying to be a bit more aware of my movement and my activity and doesn't have to be masses and masses of changes it can be like you said ross really small wins yeah and i think i think that's literally showing and i say the word literally as in that it is literally showing with people that are sticking to their calories at the moment on our group that is and that are the ones that are going out walking they're not doing any mad sessions the ones that appear to be going out walking for two hours a day because if you're furloughed or you're being laid off whatever it might be you're at home and you've got two hours to spare just going out for a walk like you're saying but if you're doing it in your lunchtime because people are at home and they have an hour's lunch to take walk for half an hour it's really quite not as simple as that but it can be as simple as that so yeah. I, say, yeah, I agree. Small inc- like incremental steps is probably the best way to go about it, making it as part of your lifestyle rather than forcing it to be part of your lifestyle. Consistency over intensity as well. One of my favourite sayings. 
Yeah, well, you never brought any intensity to any session stuff, so I really. Yeah. <laughs> I bring the banter. Really or, or consistency, oh. either. <laughs> or consistency, like, what are we on about? <laughs> okay, that's, that's a good question for both of you, slash either of you, is people that are not consistent with their training, with their exercise, what would you say to them? Like, I'm a good personal example. Like, I know the benefits of exercise. I know how it makes me feel. Why am I not consistent all year round? I'll go on, I'll answer this one. I think it's about finding what you enjoy. I think like for one person going to the gym at 6am and sweating and working hard is like that excites them, that motivates them. Some people don't enjoy the gym and then they'll go intermittently and they don't have that motivation. I think it's about doing exactly what you enjoy. So it might be that you really enjoy golf or tennis or going for a dog walk or I don't know, going swimming or there will be a consistency you can find in being more active and it doesn't necessarily have to be the gym. I think a lot of people go to the gym because they think that's the way to go, but then they lose motivation because they don't actually enjoy it. I don't like waking up at 5am every single day to go to the gym. Sometimes I do, but you know, I'm never going to do it consistently. So it's all about finding what you enjoy, what motivates you to find consistency. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Isn't it? Like, that's, that's what I was going to say too. And if you're, for example, literally using you as the example, if you're not wanting to go, then what is your reason for not wanting to go? Or what is maybe your reason to go when you want to go sort of thing? You have to just work that out and see what it is. But I would say you enjoy going to the gym when your mates are there, for example, your people that are there when you're there. But if they're not, then you're not going to go. So that's what I mean. Love it. Next reason, Russ. Reason number four. So... The next reason I'm going to have to pass this on to you again, Steph, because this goes out of the realms of my expertise, is uh, the ability to regulate your appetite. Some would say suppress sometimes, but regulate is probably a nicer word to yeah. use. Um, firstly, I'd just like to say, Ross, it's nice that you actually listen to what I say when I do give out this advice to the wide world. So congrats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... It pops up on my feed. Unfollow <laughs> <laughs> so... again. so exercise does indeed scientifically backed exercise helps to reduce or not necessarily just reduce but regulate appetite so it comes into the equation of both physically and mentally you exercise you're then more invested in your journey you release some happy endorphins you're then a little bit more motivated to make that meal or eat that meal and not snack after which you were going to do before you exercise but now you're not going to because you're like nah I'm on the game train now if this feels good so not only physically does it help the hormones the hormonal side of things it also definitely has a big impact on mentally you obviously have to be careful as well I always think with using the kind of phrase regulating appetite if you some people if they exercise they will exercise to make themselves hungry which then actually does the opposite effect because then you want to eat more than we don't so this is where it's all personal isn't it what we speak about you can't just give a data sheet and go there you go that's what you should do because it's not as easy as that but for example if i go on a five mile run do i come back really hungry or am i a person that goes on a five mile run that comes back and i feel absolutely fine I actually feel less hungry because i've just done a five mile run so i don't need anything till tea but then some people will snack because they're going oh, i've been on a run you've actually only burned 200 calories but you're absolutely starving your monkeys off so you eat 500 calories and you kind of throw it all away which sounds horrible but maybe that'll lead on to my next tip but oh. yeah that's that's where it's difficult I always find a regulating appetite and exercise reason number five love to hear it reason number five is your motivation to stick to your ccd so oh, yeah. as i was saying as it kind of leads on to it and i always say it's a horrible way of looking at it but unfortunately that's 
a lot of people hate exercise and you know I'd, I'd push them to come and either see me or see see any trainer out there that they kind of enjoy or enjoy listening to but the motivation to stick to ccd can be in the best way make you feel really guilty about eating if you've just done some exercise obviously we're on the idea of why we need to exercise during a calorie deficit and this is exactly what it can do so like i said it sounds pessimistic but it's more of just a good switch in your brain so like i just said if you go on a, any exercise let's say you've just gone to the gym for an hour you've worked really hard you did a crossfit session so it's all on your board they've gone right you just burned 350 calories today roughly then you go home you're like oh that chocolate bar i don't know i don't know much a double kit kat chunky has in it but let's say that has 300 calories in it you're going to look at that and go why bother eating that after i've just worked so hard for an hour and i'm going to enjoy myself for one minute 30 seconds yeah it's like momentum isn't it like yeah all of a sudden you you gain the momentum all of a sudden you're getting like more sessions behind your belt more days where you're sticking to your calorie deficit as well and all of a sudden you're getting that momentum going and they sort of pull each other along a little bit that's what i mean because exercise can you can you don't have to make it hard but if you do if you are someone that makes it hard or you just do it for a long time your mind i always think your mindset will tell you not to eat crap in a bad way because you just don't want to pull the effort for nothing i always look at like i said exercise a lot for me in in my opinion is a lot to do with health and you know we can speak about what food you should and shouldn't eat but calories are the big deal with trying to get your weight down so exercise really should be to be healthy but big part of being guilty and using exercise can get you healthy and can just help you with your motivation for your ccd and like using momentum is probably as a better word than making you feel guilty but those first couple of weeks you know if you can guilt trip yourself to not eating stuff it just sets you on a good way to get your momentum to not think of it as a guilty pleasure rather than just thinking i don't need that sort of stuff i would just like to jump on the back of that and say in the same breath what we don't want to get into the habit of is thinking about exercise as a punishment for what yeah yeah, for what you've eaten so like ross has said it's thinking about exercise and using it as momentum as jumbo said but also not thinking oh i've just been to the gym i've just burned 300 calories i can now go and eat the kit kat chunky because i've burned 300 calories or, yeah. or vice versa where people might binge yeah. and have the kit kat beforehand oh, and I then go, go. Yeah. i need to go to the gym now and burn off those calories so yeah 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 that's when i spoke earlier about you can't use calories as motivation long term for exercise because it is horrible mindset to be in and it it doesn't Mm. work yeah it's a dangerous situation to be in and that's when you get the over exercises that start doing three hours a day and becomes a bit intense but yeah okay so before we go any further before we conclude does anyone have any other tips or tricks or reasons i've got a question for you steph and maybe ross i don't know who's it wouldn't be a food is life podcast without a jumbo question (sighs) i know i just get carried away what i wanted to know is obviously i don't really work with the lean beans so i was intrigued to know that people that do join the lean bean course do they have a, a history of exercise in the gym or they compete ranked novices or what's the general sort of person that does join the lean bean go on ross this is all you people that generally come to lean bean from anything to do with food is life i would say more edge towards not really exercising and that's maybe like we we're saying earlier about the whole lifestyle proposition of you know losing weight exercise and how it kind of all does blend to one without necessarily meaningfully doing it but yeah more or less so i'd say not non-exercisers but like i said there's certainly people that smash exercise there's plenty of people that just do loads of exercise and like i said about eating 
and in regarding to using exercise to that kind of calorie trying to be neutral with it there's plenty of people like that as well and you kind of have to like I say it's all life lessons it's all you, you're steering different people in in different paths yeah I would describe it as you get most people have an idea or want of an exercise they don't necessarily have a structured routine that they follow yep. or that they enjoy at that particular time but then as you say there's also the opposite side of you get people that have already got their structured exercise program happy with it and fine we yeah. work their nutrition the calories and all yeah, that yeah. around those so you, you differ from you know people have their own personal trainers that they see externally they go to their own gyms and don't need programming off me so for example in the lean being course i don't do any personal programming per se it's all a kind of generic so like i'm saying you go from start to not finish but you go from like a real starters beginners point of view up to a probably like an intermediate side and then when you join the lean being graduates you know, then that's when personalized programming can kind of come in so yeah it's a, it's a real good mix which is nice like like I say, it's easier if people tell me speak about having different parts. It's easier to, and we spoke about it before, actually, the three of us, as in the mindset of someone who's played or at least partaken in sport. And it's even better, the higher the level, the more they understand it, that some things are a struggle that you just have to deal with with exercise. And, you know, we speak about all the time as in the most common thing I have in my boot camps is all oh, my lower back hurts when they're doing core exercises when you do like leg raises flutter kicks anything like that where you're basically asking your stomach to stretch and then come back and move and come back it's where your back's arched rather than staying flat so that's really difficult that's really difficult for people to get their head around but i always say you kind of have to be in pain for a couple of weeks in order to get the benefits of what the exercise is going to be after those couple of weeks so in that kind of sense it's really helpful for someone that exercised mm. in pain before and i say in pain that's obviously relevant to how much pain it actually is i mean in a struggle before but yeah like i say all this stuff's very individual but yeah it helps when people have a concept of exercise for sure because they're also saying that when people have been taught awful technique it's sometimes helpful that they haven't been in yeah. with any exercise and actually what they see you do is what they then think is what that episode should be off the back of that i do have a question now when you mention pain and bad technique i understand what you're saying like you need to go if someone hasn't exercised before or let's say in 10 years and then they suddenly go to doing some sit-ups and it hurts yeah what's the like you're using the word pain but what if it's because of bad technique like what's where's the yeah that's what i mean it's why it's so difficult is in that's why i'm saying it's, it's actually probably now I'm speaking through it, sometimes it's easier to have a complete beginner. For example, when I PT clients, I literally try to, even at boot camps, I don't care what they've learned before. I will tell you what I think it should be, as in, because that is my opinion of safe technique and correct technique. So it's difficult between the line of pain and technique, but I always use the back analogy because that is the one thing that so many people struggle with. So, so when you do core exercise, stomach exercises, and your lower back starts to hurt, the people that have done core exercise before don't seem to suffer with it as much as because their core is slightly stronger than what someone who hasn't done it before. I think it's a good point to highlight that having a trainer or a coach to look at your technique to make... Go on, Jambo. <laughs> no, go on, continue. <laughs> I just thought I want to pipe in in a minute. <laughs> I know, we're both like, oh, can I speak? Um, but yeah, having someone, and that's what is great about the Lean Bean course, for example, is if some, one of the Lean Beans is struggling, let's say with their lower back, Ross is like, put up a video, show me a video, and then I'll look at it, correct it. And that's what's so easy about 
using Facebook. I can I can just do a 30 second video in my lounge just to say, oh look, this is how you want to be doing it. You post it and they see it 30 seconds later rather than having to wait for a week when you see your trainer or something. Yeah. Go on, Jumbo, before you have a heart attack. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Obviously, like a lot of people worry about pain and sometimes use it to hold themselves back a little bit. And that's why it's really important to have someone like Ross, for example, during a boot camp. And I have boot camps as well where I have people that rank novices and they will say, oh, yeah, but this is like really hurting my lower back. And I, I try and explain to people that you have to build up the muscle again because if you're sat down on your couch, you're sat at your desk all day, and then you just sat at your sofa all day. Like fitness isn't isn't a god given right. You have to earn it, and you have to go through that. And as long as you're doing the correct technique, and that's what we're we me and Ross are there for to say, you're doing the right technique. And unless there's a real I don't know real drastic sharp pain where you might have pulled a muscle or something, generally like you have to work through a bit of pain and a bit of you know the saying is no pain no gain. Obviously that it's not as black and white as that. But sometimes you have to earn it again and you have to work through it. You have to work through the, oh my God, this is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. As well, I think when people start off again and they're ranked novices and and they don't have full control of their body or understanding of their body. So it takes you years and years to really think about what exercises and how you're controlling the muscle and the actual, the mind to muscle connection is hugely important because if you have got a weak core, all of a sudden you put more strain through your back where it might take a couple of weeks of really trying to think I need to engage my core at this point. Like some people, it just comes naturally to them. They can start off with no history in exercise, but they have a really good understanding of their body can engage those muscles really well. Whereas somebody cannot have a greater understanding of their body might struggle to engage the right muscles and stuff as well. So well, I went to Steph's CrossFit a couple, it must be a couple of years ago now. And we used to do like an hour's, sort of fun session running around the bars and doing bits and bobs and obviously hadn't been in the gym for two three years at that point and I haven't been in the gym two years after because of the pain <laughs> I was in but the pain of my legs the next day I can still remember it like we did like 60 kilo squats for example which if I look back at five years ago wouldn't have been a warm-up but as in this is when I'm 20 kilos have been doing this full time that would be a light warm-up squat and I remember doing like six kilo squats and I was like oh my goodness like this is this is breaking the body, but that's why, like Jambo saying, like you have to reintegrate into exercise. You can't just go from zero to a hundred because you used to be good at it back in nineteen forty one sort of stuff. You've <laughs> got to be aware of. I was going to say, like even even four to six weeks out for me, something I was doing, say in December, I was doing some Olympic lifting. I could put easily eighty ninety kilos through my my body or my my spine, so to speak. Um, without feeling any it wasn't a struggle it was heavy but it wasn't a struggle through my body whereas then I went back and done 70 kilos and I really felt a struggle through my body as in um, my core my stability work just you know it's not nobody's given the right for fitness you have to earn it so yeah we have all the time people that are, I always think of it as people that have had cesareans or something and they come back and they're like oh well I used to be really good at exercise and like, you just had your stomach cut open like core work's gonna hurt for quite a bit and people are like amazed like at the pain of them like yeah but literally think of someone slicing your body and going right you, you crack on now i've thrown a few little stitches in there like there, there's all these points of understanding your body and like i say you have to go through certain amounts of pain exactly we kind of get back to the question but it's the same thing there you have to go through small amounts of pain to kind of build up and there's that progressive overload idea that we all speak about and that's that's when you then see your results and exactly as jambo says you know you have to earn it, and that's your way of earning that kind of fitness. 
I've got one last closing question for you. Sweating. Does sweating equal a better workout? God, Jambo literally like really giving, yeah. giving, him, giving himself whiplashed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on, I, 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 I think this is like a misconception. Sweat equals a better workout. I mean... <laughs> again and sometimes like people think like if they go into it i'm gonna i'm gonna pronounce it correctly before you jump onto me a sauna and that because they're sweating if they're sweating that all of a sudden they're i don't know like sweat is like fat crying and all this nonsense (sighs) we need to get get rid of that in our head that that's the idea like sweat is a cooling technique yeah Yeah, and But what does sweat actually do? It helps to regulate your body temperature. Do you yeah. need to increase your body temperature to have a good workout? Absolutely not. So this is what I think I've actually done. I've probably done a blog on this before. And I say about if you're in a gym, there is a difference between going to a CrossFit gym and there's a difference between going to a, a famous David Lloyd gym. I can guarantee you it's five degrees warmer in a David Lloyd gym than it is in a CrossFit gym. Nice. It, 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 yeah, but this is what I mean. So it's just that that way inclined, isn't it? Is in people think that if they're sweating they've, they've worked hard i always say i actually think you probably don't in extreme circumstances i i always use the uh, kind of example when we were in hong kong we played in 38 degrees heat and it was like 98 percent humidity something ridiculous humidity and uh we played for like 20 minutes and i was like i'm so hot i didn't feel exhausted but i was so hot obviously like just sweat like it was like a literally some chucking water over you and I came off, and our physio, he was a very good physio, and he was actually a kind of a sports physiologist, should we say, more than just a physio. And I was like, what, you know, do you work harder kind of in the heat? And he was like, well, you probably don't work as hard because you're just so hot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that actually makes, this is obviously when I was, I was like 17 or something. I was like, that makes complete sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, when yeah. you're cold, you work hard to get warm. When you're boiling hot, because you're so hot and you're, you can only sweat so much, as in your body can only regulate so well. You eventually then you slow you start down. to go into the yeah the sciences of kind of muscle cells and things like that and how you transfer like, energy. You're such a heat it actually puts you into a detrimental kind of side of exercise. So it's really interesting. Like, the whole sweat. I don't know. It's just good marketing, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, and another, and another thing as well. Like some people are just notorious sweaters, and some people aren't. I just don't sweat. Does that mean that all of a sudden I'm not working as hard or I'm not yeah. burning as many calories? Whereas a person who's really prone to sweating, it's yeah. just, yeah. it's what, yeah, it's marketing, a lot of it. Okay, I lied. I do have one more question. Dom's delayed onset muscle soreness, is that a good prediction of a good workout? Jambo also, also giving himself whiplash for some <laughs> time. <laughs> no, I think it's a, a bad prediction. But, yeah, yeah I, I, think, I think this is, again doms is another thing that's come into us that people think oh you have to have be sore the next day for it to be a good workout that's not necessarily true sometimes you get doms if you've done potentially a different rep scale or you've done a different exercise but it's never it's not necessarily like an indication of a good workout and another thing on doms before then i'll let ross jump in but another thing with doms which a lot of people who join a gym or they haven't exercised before will suffer from DOMS quite badly. And that applies to anyone who hasn't exercised for a long time. Like Steph goes into the gym, she'll get really bad DOMS. If now I haven't trained for a week, if I go train, I'll probably get DOMS. So it's another thing I just like, a lot of people get put off by the gym or exercise because they'll have a bit of muscle pain the next day. And I think that that's always going to happen 
when it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Ross, can you explain a little bit of the science behind what DOMS is for us? There's two major reasons for this. You get slight, when we say tearing the muscle, they're like microfiber tears. Like as in, if you put it under a microscope, you're still going to struggle sort of stuff. So that's how much your muscles kind of tear when you're exercising. Because when they then tear, that's the whole concept is they come back a little bit stronger in that regards. And you kind of have enzyme kind of differences. So when people speak about lactic acid and things like that, as in it then gets into the realms of that. But again, that becomes really sciencey and a little bit more complicated than what exercise needs to be to the real the real world. But yeah, I, I always think of DOMS as actually a bad thing to have because then it stops you exercising. So it probably actually defeats the point of doing the session because then if you have DOMS, they generally last for four or five days, like if it's not fully gone, which means you then don't exercise for This is five. what also gets me, and I know I can say this because you two as personal trainers both don't do this, but personal trainers that get their clients to feedback, oh my God, I can't walk up the stairs, I can't <sighs> toilet they see that as a win but in actual fact if you think your client then can't can't exercise for the next week what have you actually achieved they've done one exercise session this is what really grinds my gears and we we touched on it briefly in our last podcast but it's like they post it on social media and i see like screenshots of whatsapp groups and they're like oh i can't even get up the stairs who who's been like who's happy with that yeah like (laughs) are you wearing that as a badge of honor that has that person all of a sudden worked harder? Sometimes it's about working smarter when you exercise and, and not necessarily harder. Obviously, you have to work hard, but that I, that does my head in and you see it so much and you need to avoid people like that because you need to be able to be consistent and have the longevity of exercise. And anyone could go into a gym and batter their body and the next day feel terrible, but that's not that's not smart. No, no, yeah, consistency over intensity. Yeah, inflaming muscles and things isn't a pleasant experience. I mean, that's basically what DOMS is in the simplest concept: is you're inflaming your muscles in whatever form that might be, and that's what burns and that's what's hurting. I always find it crazy. Like, for example, if I was to go back to a gym now, you wouldn't, you'd see me lift the lightest weight possible, probably for two, maybe three weeks, and you, I'd start as because there is no fun. There is no fun in not being able to walk, not being able to lift a can of soup. See, my automatic reaction to be like, oh, is to be like, oh, you're such a wimp. But then that is actually what is wrong with the world. Because I'm then like motivating you to lift more, do worse for your body and therefore not enjoy again. So I I would be seen as a right weirdo if I went back in my first couple of weeks because of what I'd be doing. It'd literally be all mobility, all just trying to get any functionality. that's the thing is it's like the ego comes into it i spent like three weeks off training which people might think's a long time but when you're training consistently and take three weeks off i've just the last three weeks i've just had to build back a foundation like you said mobility work light work technique work there's no point just going in and pretending that i can go and lift the same weights i was doing you know three four weeks prior and i would literally be struggling to walk up the stairs if i did so yeah Yeah, doms yeah never celebrate doms i mean it means you either overdone it or you've done something differently it generally happens with kind of i don't know if you spoke you probably spoke about podcast but like eccentric work so when you're stretching your muscle um, in the simplest format so that's when you get your muscle tears and your stress um, your metabolic stress sort of thing so it's it's so difficult to not get it when you're starting but exactly as jambo says like if you if you get after your first session i'm being like nope that's me done with exercise because that that's <laughs> ruined my week like what well, imagine if you did that on a friday and you're going out saturday you're not on the dance floor running around with that are you 
You just have to have more drink, Ross. We can. Yeah, well, I can only drink so much. I'm such a drinker already. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the conclusion on DOMS and on sweating is it's not a badge of honour. It's about finding a good trainer that knows that and will help you and guide you to a more consistent way of exercising rather than, yeah, this is smashing it in the gym and we're doing all this, is my take. Go on, Jumbo. Yeah, I was just going to say, if you did one session a week where you've done 500 calories in one session, but then couldn't train for the rest of the week, but then you did five sessions where you were doing 200 calories per session. Yeah, you're winning. Yeah, and that goes back that. to the more you, the more sessions you do, the more happy endorphins you release over the week, you make it more into a lifestyle and going back over pretty much all the reasons that Ross gave us earlier on. And I think that sums it up quite well. So to finish, Ross, what are your take-home points? What are the main reasons to exercise in a calorie deficit? Why would you recommend people do it? So just like we said, real basic stuff. So first, enjoyment, stress relief, and probably if you can maintain muscle mass, then again, that just helps you in regards to your calorie deficit. But getting your way to enjoying your life is probably the big takeaway of why you need to exercise in there. Don't make it all about food because then that's all you're going to worry about. If you can give yourself a second thing to worry about, then it I might food is life. stress. I food is life, no? Yeah, that's why I'm here because that's all you say. <laughs> cool. Jambo, do you have anything that you'd like to leave us with? Yeah, just the same of what Ross said. And I think use it as like a momentum as a tool because sometimes exercise will be more motivating for you than counting your calories and then vice versa. And they can kind of pull each other along. And it is a lifestyle change. So, yeah, it's my take home. Love point. it. Oxidative stress, that's what it is with DOMS. I couldn't remember what that term was. But if you want to look up DOMS, that's the, the new theory behind it also. Ladies and never Ross, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> I sort of think about five minutes. All I've been thinking about was what is that phrase? <laughs> that's it. I got it. Okay, I'm now going to release the reins back to Jumbo as he is our co host. Okay, Steph, what are your takeaway points from this week? I've actually, rather than going into the science and momentum stuff that you guys have already covered, I think listening to you guys talk, it is this has been a nice podcast to listen to in terms of a bit of motivation to exercise. I think in lockdown, a lot of people are struggling to move and get about. So it's knowing that, you know, you can just go out and do the bare minimum, shall we say. And it does have a good impact on not only physical, but mental and overall lifestyle. So it makes me want to do a little bit more, um, which I think is a very powerful thing in this current climate. Okay, Steph, where can we find you? So you can find all the links to find us in the show notes. You can find my website, foodislifenutrition.com you can find us on social media at foodislife.nutrition so you can sign up to our daily emails via there you can look at the website find lots of testimonials you can sign up to the lean bean course there Where and then can... you get to find me as well so that's the most important thing that's what <laughs> to you be fair, to put in at the end yeah. there. i did say us i didn't say me <laughs> usually it's all about me the royal you so yeah. <laughs> so yeah ross you can find on our social media thank you so yeah Jambo, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me strictly on Instagram at jambo.the.great, but also at jambo.the.recipes, which has got all recipes which I cook up. And obviously, if you're trying to be a bit more healthier, it can help. 
So food is life then. We food come back life. round circle. Food is life. I'm, glad, is we, life. I'm glad we cleared and that one before the end. A big, big thank you to Ross for joining us this week, um, given some Pleasure. of his insight and obviously just less Steph talking, which is nice. <laughs> if you have any questions for Ross on exercise, then you can find him on our links, our links. Just saying. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for joining and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye. See ya.